greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. championships legions of adoring fans around the globe all are part of antonio Inoki's remarkable resume this man is an artist you gotta be impressed but these accomplishments merely scratch the surface of Inoki's impact a household word in professional wrestling Inoki honed his ring skills in both japan and the united states during the 1960s by the early 70s Inoki was not only a top draw but would found new japan pro wrestling over the next two decades, Inoki would battle top international superstars from around the globe, both in his native Japan and when lured by promoters to North America. Inoki chalks up another victory for himself here in Madison Square Garden. Inoki's most celebrated matchup would come in 1976, signing to face heavyweight boxing champion Muhammad Ali in the world's first mixed martial arts super fight. I know uh, what Muhammad Ali is facing in Inoki. How are you going to defend against this guy? The contest drew unparalleled attention around the world, a feat Inoki would match two decades later. In 1995, Inoki would use his celebrity and power to bring a historic event to North Korea. Intended to promote peace, an astonishing 190,000 fans would turn out to witness Inoki face WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair. He's using professional wrestling as bridge of peace. Inoki would retire from competition in 1998, but his impact continues to be felt to this day. World Wrestling Entertainment is honored to enshrine Antonio Inoki into the WWE Hall of Fame. Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I'm your host, JP John Paz. Each and every week here on the TMPTV, the part of the two-man power trip wrestling's podcasting empire, we are talking about the greatest era ever in the history of their business, the golden era, if you will, 1984 to 1993, and that is, of course, the Hogan Era, the era that made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire, the era that set it up for all future eras of course the immortal hulk hogan wasn't alone in that era and in that 
league, if you will, of dominance over the wrestling world and really taking over pop culture and mainstream as well. He had a lot of help along the way, so that's why each and every week here on the show, we're talking about some of the greatest memories, moments, matches, and feuds in that beautiful Hogan era. So each and here, every week, we're talking about guys like Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Macho Man Randy Savage, Andre the Giant. Last week, we talked to the son of Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, Travis Orndorff, and we talked all about the feud with Mr. Wonderful, which I will go into um, maybe even more in depth again, because I feel like there's even more to talk about with that Mr. Wonderful feud. It was so good. He had those Saturday Night Main Event matches that drew... You know, 25 million and 30 million people watching. It was nuts. Then you had, obviously, before that, you had the big event, which was just 74,000 people in Toronto. Just insane for that. It's just wow. I mean, which basically, if you think about it, was the precursor to WrestleMania 3, where there's like, shit, we could probably sell a stadium out. If we were doing this in Toronto, we're thinking 12,000 people are going to show up when we get 74,000. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nuts. Really, over 60,000, but that would be as a list of 74,000. So, hell. Why not? I'll go with the 74. Be Think about it. It's like, wow, if they could do that with Paul Orndorff and Hogan, what could do with Hogan and Andre? Just It was the precursor. So Orndorff obviously set it up with WrestleMania 1 as well, being in the tag match with Piper against Hogan and Mr. T. So the history of Hogan and Orndorff is, is pretty damn legendary. Like I always say, my top feuds of, of the Hogan era, Piper, Andre, Savage, Orndorff, and I just throw one in because I absolutely love it, Big Boss Man. So that, that's my top five. Hogan was a bit different. Savage, Piper, Andre, Stud, and Bundy was Hogan's top five. How do I know that? Check the archive. to did a little interview with the immortal Hulk Hogan on the TMPT feed, and he talks about the greatest feuds of, of his career in his top five, and those are the guys he named. Stud, Bundy, Andre, Piper, and Savage. So very, very interesting. Here on this show, we're going to be talking about a few that was held before the Hogan era and even during the Hogan era. A guy that was pretty damn responsible for a lot of things. You could say helping nurture and move along the immortal Hulk Hogan. And that is, of course, the great, the legendary Mr. Ichiban himself, number one, Antonio Inoki. An absolute god amongst men, an absolute legend in this business. If you look at where he started and where he ended, it's just absolutely amazing. A lot of war going on when he was growing up in Japan. They moved to Brazil. He ends up meeting Ricky Dozon, who's obviously the legendary North Korean slash Japanese wrestler that pretty much set all sorts of records for Japan and really kind of created wrestling in Japan. I mean, we saw how popular it was throughout the years, thanks to Antonio Noki and Great Baba and those guys. Ricky Dozon really, really, I mean, he set that thing off in Japan. If you're talking about having, you know, right now we're talking about like 0.24 share for Raw and, you know, like 1.0 share for SmackDown, you know, whatever. I mean, small shares. When Ricky Dozon was fighting the Destroyer, when he's fighting Luthez, we're talking about 50 shares, 60 share. I mean, we're talking about millions upon millions of people watching those matches in Japan in the 50s and the 60s, and he really set it off. I mean, the popularity that he had was just insane. You think about it, so Ricky Dozon finds Antonio Noki in Japan, in Brazil, as a kid, takes him over to Japan, and kind of the rest is history. Obviously, the JWA was Ricky Dozon's promotion 
And you had a couple of guys in there that would then leave and create their own promotions, one being Antonio Noki, the other being the Giant Baba. They were tag team champs and best buddies in JWA, but they broke apart and they created their own thing. Obviously, business rivals, but personal friends, as all Japan Pro Wrestling was pretty damn dominant, 70s, 80s, 90s. And then New Japan Pro Wrestling, which was pretty dominant, 70s, 80s, 90s, into the 2000s, even Break, taking a big break and then getting back popular again, thanks to Okada and Tanahashi in the 2010s. And, you know, they're, they're suffering a little bit right now in the 2020s post-pandemic, but hopefully they can get back rolling. But when you think about Antonio Inoki and you think about New Japan Pro Wrestling, he created 1971, 1972. I mean, that's when he created New Japan Pro Wrestling and kind of the rest is history as far as his legacy and his lineage in pro wrestling. He also, of course, as everybody should know, in 1976 fought Muhammad Ali in a special boxing versus wrestling rules match. And with that match, you're going to think, oh, it's got to be a work, right? Eh, no, not even close. If you look what happened to Muhammad Ali's legs afterwards, obviously, Anoki smartly doesn't try to box him, try, try to fight him. And Ali does smartly doesn't try to go to the ground with him. He kind of doesn't know what to do. He lands over 100 kicks to uh, Ali's leg. Ali basically threw six or seven punches. None really landed. He couldn't really get a lot of offense going. Yes, it was a boring fight. Maybe it's not what people wanted or were looking for, but Anoki kind of did the smart thing and obviously doesn't want to get knocked out. He's got that big chin, if you remember. And you know, Ali made a joke that that the nice big chin that he'd love to put the right hand on and knock him out. When you look at it, it's like, okay, but did it really do damage? Yes, caused blood clots. He wasn't supposed to fly as soon as he did, and Ali f flew with those blood clots sooner. So when he got back, his legs were very, very sore, and they were really bothering him. And he does win the decision in 15 rounds his next fight a few months later against Ken Norton, but he wasn't quite the same. Even the announcers were talking about his legs aren't under his legs aren't under The Anoki leg kicks really hurt. And then after that fight, Anoki, I think, was only, or uh, Ali was only about five and three or something after that fight. So I think that those kicks did more damage. And Ali admits later on that that fight did more damage than good. And I know it, it brought millions upon millions watching all over the world and close circuit and was really the first ever MMA fight officially. You would th you think, like, okay, that's great. But Ali said because of the leg injury and because of what it did to his legs and really kind of slowed him down and hurt him, it was actually worse for wear. He did not like doing that, and it didn't end up as a very positive effect as far as that fight. But obviously, everybody remembers it. This great book by Josh Gross goes over the whole entire thing from beginning to end. Absolutely love it. Anoki versus Ali, just such a great, great book. Uh, if you uh, get a chance, get out there and read it. Josh Gross. So as far as Anoki and Hogan are concerned in professional wrestling, in 1980, the immortal Hulk Hogan will head over to Japan back when he was just the incredible Hulk Hogan. His first match, 523-1980 against Anoki, and Anoki defeats Hogan by DQ in about six minutes. That's in Migawa, Japan. Then on 528-1980, there's a two out of three best falls match. Antonio Noki and Sakaguchi defeated Hogan and Stan Hansen, two falls to one, 14 minutes, 30 seconds. And that was in Shimane, Japan. I'm probably mispronouncing some of these names, but I'm going to try to get as close as I can, as far as I know that the wrestlers' names, but the, the towns and, and, the, and the places that they're wrestling at may be a little bit off. But when you look at the different matches and feuds and, and things here, it's like, okay, this is pre-Hogan era, but this is Hogan kind of getting his feet wet, getting experience, really kind of coming into his own here in Japan. I know he was wrestling a little bit in the WWF for Vince McMahon Sr. as well and had a brief feud with Andre the Giant. But here in Japan, they're doing things a little bit differently. 
and you're going to notice some huge names that are in matches with Hulk. For instance, 6-1-1980, Andre, Dusty, and Hulk defeat Antonio Noki, Sakaguchi, and Kobayashi, two out of three falls, two to one in about 19 minutes, and that's in Konoha, Japan. So, wow, some huge names there. Hogan and Ron Starr defeated Noki and Kimura. Then we have Chavo, Hogan, and Paul Orndorff, who we talked about last week, defeated Noki, Kido, and Tatsumi Fujinami, two out of three falls. So a lot of two out of three falls matches, a lot of kind of uh, interesting six-mans and interesting tag teams. I mean, look, listen to this one. Hogan, Paul Orndorff, and Jimmy Jam Garvin defeated Noki, Kimura, and Tatsumi Fujinami. Hogan, Ron Starr, and Steve Kern are teaming up against Hashino, Ricky Choshu, Antonio Inoki. Hogan seemed to get the win. I mean, just uh, amazing what's going on here in 1980 as far as just these random-ass teams, but they're all so fascinating and, and so great. And it's awesome to see Hogan and Orndorff pre-WWF really kind of getting their feet with obviously both Matsuda boys, both Florida boys, both absolute legends of business. So it's a very kind of interesting time in New Japan because they are being able to bring over some damn good gaijins, aka foreigners, aka at this point uh, Americans over there. I mean, they're really, really loading up that roster. Like I mentioned, Andre, Dusty, Orndorf, Hogan, Stan Hansen, Morocco's over there. I mean, Pero Aguayo's going over. Killer Khan is there. I mean, they had Bob Backlund is coming over uh, periodically. So, man, Bad News Brown, a.k.a. Bad News Allen. I mean, they had such a great uh, list of, of gaijins. Rene Goulet is another one. I mean, it's just uh, absolutely amazing. 11-3-1980, Antonio Inoki defeats Hulk Hogan in 13 minutes and 20 seconds. And that was for the NWF Heavyweight Championship. Inoki obviously retained that one, and that one is in Tokyo. Japan and Antonio Noki and Choshu defeated Hogan and Orndorff. There's a bunch of great six man tags. Just um, an interesting one here, part of a tag league in 1980 when Hogan and Stan, uh, excuse me, Hogan and Stan Hansen were teaming together. 12 1 1980, Anoki and Bob Backlund defeated Hogan and Stan Hansen via double countdown. Oh, excuse me, not defeated. It would just went to a double count at that match went 17 minutes. Damn star studded match there from Nagawa, Japan, Morocco and Hogan would even team and they would defeat killer Khan and Antonio Noki by DQ in 18 minutes. Anoki and Choshu beat Hogan and Pero Aguayo. I mean, damn, I mean, Hogan here is teaming with some absolute legends, get some great matches. Of course, in 1981, Hogan and Noki kind of relive and revive their one-on-one feud five, 12, 1981, Antonio Noki defeats Hogan by a countdown, 11 minutes. And that, again, is in Natori, Japan. Man, just crazy to think of some of these teams. Here's another random six-man for you. Anoki Kimura and Tetsumi Fujinami defeat Gentleman Chris Adams, Hulk Hogan, and Tiger Jeet Singh. Two falls to one in Nikita, Japan, 11 minutes, 45 seconds. Wow, what, a, what an interesting team. Chris Adams and Hogan teaming up. Here's another one, just randomly. I, I love this. Antonio Noki, Bob Backlund, and Ricky Choshu defeat Bobby Duncan Sr., Hulk Hogan, and Stan Hansen. Wow, what a, what a team there. Then Anoki, Backlund, and Dusty defeated Bobby Duncan Sr., Hulk Hogan, and Stan Hansen, two out of three falls. Oof, great teams here. I mean, Hogan is teaming up with Dick Murdoch and Steve Travis as well. I mean, he's got a lot of cool names. Dino Bravo, Billy Crusher, a.k.a. Billy D's over there. I mean, there's a lot of good Random tag teams here in New Japan for wrestling. They really were doing very well financially and would be bringing over these gaijins because they were doing so well and they were drawing so well. So they were able to do some great stuff. Hogan would be teaming up with 
Davey O'Hannon at one point. He'll be teaming up with Steve Wright, Alex Wright's dad, the legendary Steve Wright. At one point, just a lot of great names. 12-1-1981, Antonio Noki defeats Hulk Hogan in Aichi, Japan, in 10 minutes. So they're pretty much fighting a bunch of times in 80 and 81. A lot of six-mans, a lot of tag teams. And as you kind of go in through 1982, Anoki and Hogan end up teaming together quite a bit. 625-1982, Hogan and Anoki fight Andre the Giant and the legendary El Kanek from Mexico to a double countout in 10 minutes. Anoki, Hogan, and Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Dick Murdoch, El Kanek, and Scott McGee. There's another match with Hogan, Anoki, and Tatsumi Fujinami defeating Andre the Giant, Dick Murdoch, and Scott McGee, two out of three falls. Man, what an interesting uh, team and, and kind of pairings is going on here. 8-27-1982, Anoki and Hogan defeat Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Brutus Beefcake, and Sergeant Slaughter in Tokyo, Japan, in Tokyo, Japan at Kirk and Hall. So, wow, interesting, interesting match there. Wow, what uh, what a weird world we're in where Anoki and, and Hogan are teaming against his buddy Brutus, a.k.a. Ed Leslie, and Sergeant Slaughter. So when you kind of just go on and, and continue on, Hogan and, um, Hogan and Anoki are teaming up a lot together. They're getting a lot of victories, rarely losing, kind of, you know, maybe the way it should be. Um, when they enter the Tag League in 82, Hogan and Anoki are going to defeat Adrian Adonis and Dino Bravo, El Kanek and Pero Aguayo, the Max Superstar and Dick Murdoch. They're going to defeat Andre the Giant, Max Superstar Rene Goulet when they team up with Fujinami and they have a six man. Um, there's a double countout when Andre, Dick Murdoch, and the Max Superstar fight Anoki, Hogan, and Killer Khan. But Hogan and Anoki would then defeat Fujinami Saigaguchi. And then Killer Khan and Tiger Haguchi are going to defeat Anoki and Hogan via countout in Fukushima, Japan. So as you're kind of going along here and, and getting to the finals of the Tag League 1992, Hogan and Anoki end up winning it by defeating Killer Khan and Tiger Taguchi in the finals. So as we're going through 1983, 5-19-1983, Anoki and Hogan go to a double countout in Osaka, Japan. Match goes about 15 minutes and 20 seconds. They're going to continue on here until 6-27-1983 in the IWGP Championship League title match. So really the IWGP heavyweight titles on the line. It is the league final for 1993 for the vacant title. So Hogan would end up defeating Anoki in 21 minutes, 30 seconds via knockout. And we have a new champion as Hulk Hogan is your IWGP champion winning the tournament there. Pretty damn amazing that he knocks him out. Some say maybe it wasn't supposed to be on purpose. Maybe uh, it was by accident, but regardless, Hogan ends up getting a, a big, big win there over Anoki. They continue to team, though, in Tag League 1993, and they win it again as him, Hogan, and Anoki defeated Adonis and Murdoch. Great tag team there in the final in Tokyo, Japan, in about 11 minutes. Even Kurt Hennig will throw his name in the hat and get over there in 1983 in Japan as Hogan, Anoki, and Fujinami defeat Andre the Giant, Bobby Duncan Sr., and Kurt Hennig. Here's an awesome team for you. When Once we move to 84, Fujinami and Anoki and Anoki defeated Hulk Hogan and Iron Mike Sharp. So great team there. Hogan would defeat Anoki 5-11-84 by DQ in 10 minutes in Fukuoka, Japan. There's a bunch of tag matches involving 
Anoki and his partners, Hogan and his partners. Occasionally, Hogan would be teaming up with Adrian Donis and Dick Murdoch. We go to the 1984 IWGP uh, title tournament, the league final, if you will. Hogan and Anoki have a double countout, but they're fighting two, th- two out of three falls here on 6-14-84. And Anoki finally gets the win. He defeats Hogan via countout, and he gets the win after two double countouts in a row. You can't have a finish like that. The first double countout goes three minutes, about two minutes, and the next, next one goes about 17. Then finally, Anoki wins himself by countout in about three minutes as the title changes there as Anoki wins the IWGP title. So as we're kind of going on here, and you're starting to realize, wait a second, but the Hogan era started in 84. How is he wrestling in Japan all through 1984? Well, as the story goes, WWF, not that they weren't doing well financially. It was just that Vince had just bought the company, and he was still paying back his father. He just bought out Gorilla Monsoon and Zacco and you know, and everyone else that's involved there as he's kind of really you know taking the helm and taking over WWF, you know, maybe financially he was kind of touch and go. Each show meant something like it didn't draw well. They weren't going to do well. So it was very touch and go as far as yes, they're taking over the world. And yes, Vince, Vince has got this awesome plan and he's got Hulkamania and they're really starting to take over and they're really starting to change the way we look at the business and it's really starting to, you know, whew, fly up a, a damn mountain here and start making a shit ton of money. But, he still had a great relationship with Antonio Inoki in Japan because Inoki would be paying Vince to use his guys to go over the WF. So he'd pay Vince to use Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant for serious, for about two years, from 84 and 85, until Vince felt like maybe he didn't want Hogan injured or Hogan was too busy over here or that he didn't really need that money anymore. I think maybe probably the latter. Maybe he didn't need the money. And so he didn't let Hogan go over to Japan really anymore. After that, sparingly here and there, obviously, as we talked about SWS and and a little bit with New Japan, and it kind of depended on what Hogan wanted to do. But Vince kind of cut that off. And really, in 1985, Hogan had a bunch of matches in Japan, a bunch of tag matches. And then finally, on 6-13-1985 for the IWGP title, Antonio Noki would defeat Hogan by countout in Ogawa, Japan. Match goes about 11 minutes, 30 seconds. And that's the last match that they're going to have, and that's in 85. But the very interesting thing is, Vince is like, okay, well, um, I guess we're kind of done with this deal. Anoki was paying him a very, very good amount of money to use Hogan and Andre because they're huge draws in Japan. But Vince felt that you know, he, he wanted to keep him here and, and that he didn't really need that deal anymore because they were rocking and rolling so much. And it was almost like a little risky. Like, would Hogan get hurt over there? Um, would we draw as well without Hogan over here? So I think it probably ended when it should have ended and maybe rightfully ended. And it was a nice way to kind of end that deal. Didn't really end the relationship or anything, but ended the New Japan WWF partnership. And they kind of went on their separate ways. But as far as the Hogan era, yes, in the Hogan era, Hogan and Anoki had a bunch of matches close to, you know, I'd say at least 50 matches during, uh, or maybe less, but during the Hogan era, there was a good substantial uh, amount of matches with Hogan and Noki, whether they were tagged and they had a couple singles in 84 and in 85. So really, if you look at Antonio Noki, one of the all-time greats, just a God of wrestling, you could say he really created MMA and you could think about it, uh, Muhammad Ali. You could think about Hulk Hogan. You could think about collision in Korea, having 150,000 people the first night and 190,000 people the next night. And obviously dealing with the, uh, young Kim's the, the, the father and, 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 you know, how they are and, and, you know, having this peaceful peace festival, but are they really peaceful? You know, how North Korea is and very controversial uh, country. And, and obviously 
not big fan of them. Obviously, we in a, here in America are not fans of them at all. But in 1995, Bischoff had to deal with Anoki, and they brought over Flair, and Anoki defeats Flair in the main event. And really, if you watch the show, Anoki is the only person they react to. He is the you know adopted son if he's technically speaking i mean not really but if you think about it wrestling wise of ricky dozon was ricky dozon was his mentor he's his protege and that's really why they did the tour in north korea and did that festivals because anoki is ricky dozon's protege and he that was the only real reason to be a part of of that festival and, and have flair part of their nwcw and bischoff etc very interesting stuff there almost had hogan there but hogan didn't want to do it you got Flair, I guess, as a consolation. You have not only Anoki doing so many things that I'm even going to either forget to mention or just won't have time to mention, but, man, he's negotiating with a terrorist in Saddam Hussein. He's negotiating a hostage is with him. He He's dealing with North Korea. He's really, you know, creating MMA to a certain extent. He creates New Japan Pro Wrestling. He has a great relationship for years with WCW. Technically speaking, is the unrecognized WWF World Heavyweight Champion as he beat Bob Backlund and technically never lost the title. If you can look on Japan, uh, on Google or, you know, wherever you want to look online, there's an awesome picture of Anoki holding the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. So, yes, technically, even though he's unrecognized, he's a former WWF champion. As you heard at the top of the show, he's a WWE Hall of Famer, just an absolute legend. That was back in 2010. He's a WCW Hall of Famer. He was a champion down in Mexico, the UWA World Heavyweight uh, Champion. Just a... Uh, you know, just unbelievable. He's been known as promoter of the year. He's in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Obviously, uh, the IWGP champion three times over. IWGP League winner. He's been the G1 Climax winner. He's just the real world championship. He's been the tag team champion. He's done it all. He's been a part of every Hall of Fame. He's just an absolute, absolute legend in this business, an absolute god in this business. And if you think about his basically i guess you could say his legacy or what leaves behind what about all the wrestlers he's trained and all the legendary guys i mean akira maeda who's an absolute legend tiger mask hiroshi hase fujita the great muda masahiro chono ricky choshu shinsuke nakamura shinya hashimoto fujiwara i mean just uh, tatsumi fujinami brian adams ogawa the legendary Takata. I mean, there's so many awesome guys that he trained, and like that will obviously be a part of his legacy as well. Obviously, we're gonna, you know, have to mention maybe some controversies. There was some of the Kuza stuff. Obviously, some of the stuff with North Korea can be controversial, and dealing with Saddam Hussein, you know, being a terrorist. But really, really, I mean, he was a politician as well. So when he stands in line, they had people waiting for him to slap him because he's some sort of God that they felt like they would get his fighting spirit slapped through them and his energy just, I mean, who, who that's godlike if you have people doing that and get wanting to get slapped by you and thinking that they can take your fighting spirit or get a, get a part of you from there. So man, just what a legend, what an icon and one of the greatest ever, one of the most influential ever in their history of professional wrestling so let's head towards the plugs follow me on twitter and instagram at two-man power trip check out the website tmptempire.com and of course patreon patreon.com slash tmpt empire head over to t public tpublic.com slash store slash tmpt and buy the hogan era shirt i implore you please awesome shirt over there but thank you everybody for tuning in see you right back here next week for a little hogan era podcast we'll see you next week folks 
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. ジャイアントの表情を伺いますと何かこの戦いの花園で不気味な予感がしてまいりますジャイアントのパートナーどこまでうまく補佐を務めますかベネクレイでありますジャイアントのチャンピオンチームアンドレザジャイアントです超人ハルコーが見抜けのパートナーです。燃えるコーコン、アントニオイラクがコールされました。四千六百人満員になりました。この戦いのワンダーランド爆発寸前であります。依然として五色のテープが待っています。戦いの花園に投げ込まれております。
まず倒すのがね、えー、一番いいんですけど、えー、できればですねジャイアントを倒してみたいですよねなるほど、はいまあ、しかし青木さん、はいまあ、各チームとしてはですねおっと、はい、アンドロイドジャイアントが猪木を追いかけるここは混乱の中で混乱の中で45分日本勝負今試合開始のゴールになりました猪木がアイマスエスケープこのコーナーはカルカルとレメキを追いかけている猪木コール猪木コールです猪木はリング下から挑発考えた作戦か猪木はリング下から戦うかのようにアンドロザジャイアントを挑発アルコーガンが捕まえているアルコーガンがアンドロザジャイアントを早い目さあ前面には猪木その前方には猪木がおりますレネグレイが突っ込んでいったレネグレイが猪木に突っ込んでいったしかし猪木はカルカルとリング下に放り投げる山本さん、はい、先ほどのご指摘ですがね、はい、各チームとしては、はい、このレネグレイを徹底的に狙って、はい、当然獲得を狙うという、はい、そうですよこれは作戦としてありえますよね絶対にねこれは必要なんですよね、えーまあ、できればねジャイアントを倒してくれてればいいんですけど、はい、だからそうはいかないと思うんですよね、まあ、そういう意味でね、はい、グレイを、えー、倒してて順天に5点をね取ってほしいという感じですねそういった意味では大巨人に負担がかかりますホーガンコール徹底したホーガンコール櫻井さん、はい、早くもホーガンコールはいまあ、アンドレとしてはですね、はいまあ、前回の来日の際にも、はい、イノキコール、ホーガンコールを受けて、はい、耳を塞ぐというシーンが見られた、はいまあ、この痛みをですね、はい、恐るべきパワーに関連する力を持ってますか、アンドレは。そうですね、えー、逆にね、このホーガンへの声援がね、アンドレのジェイアントをね、えー、この苛立たせで、爆発させますよね。はい、今ハルコーガンがこのアンドレザ・ジャイアントを怪力に任せてボディースラムに痛んとしましたが一瞬の起点アンドレザ・ジャイアントは体を浴びせましたそしてハルコーガンに対してフライングボディーソーセージうまく体を浴びせていきました櫻井さん、はいまあ、アントニオ猪木もこのアンドレを投げたことがありますが、はい、コーガンもニューヨークにおいてありますが、はい、かなりその作戦には乗らんぞという。はいアンドレの今の動きでしたね。そうですね。えー、まあね、このアンドレ・ジャイアントはね、はい、現在のアメリカマット界でですね、えー、最も意識してね、えー、どうする男といえばこのハルコーガンですので、そうですね。はい、でまたお互い手の内もね、知り尽くしてますし、ただあの、ジャイアントにね、これだけのそのね、思い切った技を仕掛けていけるというのがね、はい、やっぱり東大ホーガンですね、これは。そして今、画面右隅に捉えられております。この人がおなじみニューヨーク WWF の代表総帥ビンス・マクマホーン氏そのお隣がミセス・マクマホーンであります国会でこの開会宣言のために今大会のウィットネスとして来日なさいました今リングサイドあの WWF の理事でもありますロゼ・チンペイさんらと一緒にリングサイドを陣取りましてじーっとこの一戦を観戦しております世界のビッグファイターが一堂に会しまして栄光の MST タックメモリアルをめぐりまして熾烈な戦いを展開いたしますそしてその総当たりリーグ戦にプラスさまざまな怨念がこのさまざまなチームにはうごめいております大巨人チームリプチャンピオンこのアンドレザ・ジャイアントレネ・グレイチームオーガンがかわした猪木が中に入る猪木が中に入る倒れ込んだアンドレザ・ジャイアントさあ猪木が中に入った超過激チームこの猪木とオーガン猪木が中に入った猪木とジャイアントの一戦になりましたこのディフェンディングチャンピオンチームライトリンチームそしてイノックホーガンの超過激チームさらにはマスクのスーパースターディックバードックのスーパーバイオレンス軍団そして先ほどのアドリアン・アドリスディノ・ブラボーニューヨーク・マンハッタンコンビエル・カネック・ペーロ・アグアイオメキシコ・ルテリーグレコンビさらにはヨーロッパストロング王国代表ウィン・ブリッジヤング・サムソンチームそしてこのイノックホーガン超過激チームさらには坂口藤浪の先ほどの準決日本チームタイガー・トグチキラー・カーンこの放浪の超パワーコンビと以上のチームが総当たりリーグ戦を行いまして日本全土でデッドヒートを展開
そして12月10日倉間国技館において優勝戦にも戦うわけでありますまずはその開幕戦マジソンスケアガーデンタックリーグ戦2つ展開されておりますがビンエベントはこの超過激チーム対ディフェンディングチャンピオンチームの一戦となっていますのねはい、え14日に、ねはい、ラスベガスで、ねえー、バトルロイヤルが行われまして、ねはい、それでのジャイアンツとホーガンは、ね、その時も激突してるんですね、ホ、ねね、ーガンが優勝したんですが、ねえー、ジャイアンツが、ね、投げられてるんですよ、はい、そういうその、ねあのー、間近の遺恨もありますね。あなるほど、えーさあ今レネグレイを捉えましたアントニオ・イナス得意のステップ・トーホールドの体勢でやりますコーナーのアンドラ・ザ・ジャイアントは腕を伏しているこのレネグレイがどの程度このアンドラ・ザ・ジャイアントの補佐をいたしますかアンドラ・ザ・ジャイアントにとってはこの各チームが先ほどご紹介した各チームがレネグレイに照準を絞ってきた場合に大巨人の負担になってまいりますさあハルク・ボーガンがレネグレイを仕留めるか超過激チームとしては一早くこのレネグレイを捉えてまずはリーグ戦最先のいいスタートを飾りたいかおーっとレクドロップギロチン147キロのギロチン人間弾頭台人間弾頭台あのギロチンドロップが炸裂いたしましたスピードありますね山本さんありますね大巨人やっぱりコンディションいいんでしょうねおそらく2連覇狙ってると思うんですよねなるほどはいディフェンディングチャンピオンチームであります昨年の第2回大会におきましてはコーナーのアントニオ猪木と藤浪辰己が指定コンビを結成優勝戦でこのアンドレ軍団と激突いたしましたが惜しくも藤浪がこの大巨人にゴールされてしまいました結局アントニオ・アンドレ・ザ・ジャイアントそしてレネグレイチームがこの栄光の MST タックメモリアルを獲得しておりますおっとヒレシナ師団ダーティーファイトに出ましたパワーでは負けると見るやレネグレイがダーティーファイトを見せました山本さん、はい、この辺はレネグレイうまいところですねこれはねやっぱりね作戦現場の選手ですよあれうまいですよオーガンコールで耳を塞いだアンドレが耳を塞いだオーガンコールでアンドレが耳を塞いだこういったシーンが展開でも見られたわけであります櫻井さん、はい、この辺のシーンはアンドレの苦しいこの心境を物語ってますねそうですね、えー、まあね本当にホーガンにしますあのすればね、えー、この超満員のねこの不安をね味方にして戦ってるわけですからねはいそういう意味ではあの精神面でね強くもありますよねそうですね、はいさあこのアンドレザ・ジャイアントとハルク・ホーガンの一騎打ちになりましたこの2人の一騎打ちバトル・オブ・スーパーヘビーウェイトは12月9日大阪におきましてアンドレザ・ジャイアント対ハルク・ホーガンこの一戦が行われます12月9日大阪府立体育会館今回のこのシリーズこういった画期的なプロレス一大カーニバルだけにこのマジソン・スケアガーデンタックリーグ戦という公式戦以外にも公式戦以外にもさまざまなシングルマッチバグライマッチが組まれております明日12月20日後楽園ホール後楽園ホールにおきましてはこのハルク・ホーガンとキラー・カーンの一戦さらには猪木・藤波組対大巨人軍団昨年のこの優勝戦の対戦が行われるこういったカードが組まれておりますまさにね横綱相撲ですよねそうですね、はい、ホーガン真正面からこの大巨人を捉えていますハルク・ホーガンが真正面から捉えているベアハッグでこの持ち上げたら対戦ですね、えー、そうですね
そして山本さん、はいまあ、12月10日東京クラマー国技館における優勝戦に至るまでですね、はいまあ、リーグ戦のその公式戦以外にも、はい、今お伝えしたように番外マッチ、はい、非常に興味津々のカードがあるんですが、はいまあ、明日の後楽園ホール砲丸対カーンの一戦、はい、さらにはですね12月7日高松においては、はい、フィラーカーンとこのアンドロザジャイアントがですね戦いを行う、はい、これはあのマジソンスケアガーデンシリーズの優勝戦とのその再現と申し上げてもいいと思うんですが、はい、そしてコーナーのこの猪木は高松においてはディックマーグロックとシングルマッチを行うさまざまなこのシングルマッチ組まれてますねそうですね、えーえー、こういうタックルですね面白いことがありますけど、えー、またですねシングルでねやってみたいやらせてみたいという取り組みありますね,、えー、すねこれはですねやっぱりプロジェクトファンにとってですね興味津々だと思うんですよそうですね今日カーに明日後楽園ホールを経まして九州やなんか24日は九州連戦の山場であります鹿児島県立体育館そして来週の浜松体育館での放送そういった第2週へと突入していくわけでありますがっちりとハルクコーガンがこの大巨人を真正面から捉えて万力のような太い腕でがっちりとベアークに取っていますコーガンコールはやりませんこの浜っ子プロレスファンから盛んにコーガンコールが沸き起こっておりますがっちりと両腕で腰のあたりを固めていますジャイアントのね、えー、体がね伸びてきましたよね、えー、かなりそのね動きがね本当に止まっているように見えますがねはい力が入ってますよ方眼はそうですね、はい、汗がですね両者の汗がたたり落ちてますねすごいですね,ねこれはねもう方眼もね目いっぱいね引き詰めてるんだと思うんですよねなるほど超人ハルコーガンの顔面からその金髪、自慢の金髪、さらには上半身、背中のあたり、ずぶぬれになっています、汗でずぶぬれになっています、金髪隆々の上半身が汗で光っています、彫刻の美をまるで連想させます、ハルコーガンの上半身、がっちりとアントレを捉えている、そして後方にアントニオ猪木、この2人を挟んで後方にアントニオ猪木、猪木が上半身をぐっと乗り出して、ロープから乗り出して、宝物のような鋭い目つきで、この両輪の戦いを見据えています。壮大な戦いの同化戦に今夜日がつきましたそしてその後旧家族でその戦いの日は戦後伝いまして12月10日蔵前優勝戦で爆発するわけでありますやっと山本さん、はい、ブレイク離れましたねいやねこれねジャイアントが投げたんですよ横に、えー、要するにですね勘抜きされたまま勘抜きでですね、えー、投げたっていう感じなんですよ決められたままはい、はい、これはねやっぱり力も強いしですね、えー、知ってますよねジャイアントはねこういう細かい技でもですね、できるってことなんですよね。締めておいて横に振った。はい。これは怪物ならではですね。そのもんじゃできないですよ。そうですね。またしても方眼コール。レフリー、レッドシューズドゥーガンが関東イレントいたします。ご紹介が遅れましたが、レッドシューズドゥーガン、同じのレフリーが騒いています。猪木が中に入った。まずは急降下。トップロープからの急降下爆弾。ヘリオンマウが、猪木のストンピング、猪木のストンピング。この猪木。11.4 あの屈辱のクラマー決戦強奪はハンディキャップマッチでリリーザー近代尊重という深追いをしてしまいましたしかしそのハンデを背負ってあえて戦うことが燃える闘魂のゆえんではないかと新馬久志も先ほど公式コメントを寄せておりましたそういった意味で猪木どう戦いますか今回のこの公式戦桜井さん、はいまあ、あえてここまでですね、はい、10.4 がの屈辱のクラマー決戦で、はい、あそこまでやった猪木、はいまあ、事,故の事故の肉体に負うものは大きいことを承知だったわけですよね。そりゃそうですよね。えー、もうね、やはりこの猪木の場合はですね、あそこでその3人を相手にね、はい、戦うということにね、えー、自分のその強化としてのね、意味をその求めたわけですからね。そうですね、はい。それにいたしましても爆弾を背負った猪木。
右膝に爆弾を背負っていますその辺が気がかりでありますがアンドレと猪木の一騎打ちかつての名勝負を思い起こさせますこの猪木対アンドレの一騎打ちを迎えているそのサイドではホーガンとエネグレイおっとキックは見せるダイナマイトキックかこれは当たりが浅いかどうか猪木が倒れ込んでおりおっとダイビングプレスジャイアントプレスジャイアントプレスが出たしかしホーガンのフォローに入ったそれから山本さん、はい、大激闘のさなかですが、はいまあ、現在もですね出場するかしないか、はいまあ、明日結論が出るという、はい、この国際はぐれ軍団の動向も気になりますね、はい、そうですね、えーえー、ぜひ出てほしいですねそうですねおっとホーガンが猪木をフォローしたそしてアンドレザ・ジャイアントを猪木がリング下にうまく誘い込みました背後からホーガンが捉えているアンドレを集中攻撃2人がかりこの超過激チーム猪木とホーガンが集中攻撃集中攻撃でありますさあ2人で集中砲火をこのアンドレに見舞っているおっと足が出たしかし徐々に時間がなくなってまいりました来週のこの時間はリーグ戦第2中静岡県浜松体育館から生中継でお届けしてまいりますシリーズ公式戦三大カードフラーカーン対タイガー・ドムチの一戦フラーカーンそしてタイガー・ドムチの2戦ニューヨーク・マンハッタンコンビアドレン・アドレスグロボー組の一戦さらに坂口藤浪の日本チーム日本チームがアンドレ大好きチームと激突いたしますおっと猪木がレネグレを抑えた今やっとレネグレを猪木が抑えました見事に超過激チーム5点獲得をお伝えいたしましてこの辺で横浜からお届けします5点を抑えながら